I learn from my players. Uh, I learn a lot from my players. I ask them on the court, what do you see? How are they playing you? What things are open? So uh, I try to be a listener and learner. And to me, uh, the great coach, Pete Newell, kind of always said, you know, the more you know about the basketball, the more you know there is to know about basketball. So uh, I'm just I'm just trying to be a, um, a sponge and learn as much as I can. Well, Michael and so Michael, thank you so much this. for having me. Um, invite thank me back you. if we win a national championship. Yeah, hey, it's a deal. Deal. All right. Got it. All there. right. And, of course, that invitation has been extended. We're looking forward to it. I was going to say. Having Coach has Craig it been sent out? Back. Oh, oh, we are. We've already. Yes, absolutely. We've already. Our people have called her people, and so we look forward to talking to uh, the national championship winning coach of the Stanford Cardinal, Michael. What an Easter treat! What an Easter treat! I mean, to the fellas at Gonzaga and Baylor tonight, you want to talk about a tough act to follow? Not just a semifinal thriller between uh, Gonzaga and UCLA on Saturday night. But the ladies put on quite a show, really throughout the entire tournament, but this weekend with the Final Four and Stanford becoming the first team in either tournament to win both Final Four games by a single point each. What a game last night. How did you watch it last night? Well, not, not just a game. Before I answer that, not just a game, but what a season. Listen, I'll be the first to tell you, man, I had, I'll tell you who I had in the national championship, who I wanted to see in the national championship despite those great words from Coach Vanderveer when she was on with us after she set the uh, wins record, all-time wins, uh, I wanted to see UConn in South Carolina. I think, I, I, I'm that person who just looked at Arizona and was like, okay, yep, yep, you're in the way. Uh, we got UConn here. We're going to have South Carolina, and that's a great national championship. Don Staley, Gino Ariema, great player of the year. So when I saw Arizona, when Arizona beat when Arizona did the UConn quite easily, that surprised me. That's a start there. And then uh, then South Carolina losing, I didn't see that one coming. So last night, uh, just a great, a great matchup and some great storylines. Not only the, the final shot, which we'll talk about here in a second, and the, the fact that it was a great shot when you got when you're being triple teamed, <laughs> we're gonna be triple teamed. That's the shot to get up. All right. Um, and then it was a what sure a culmination. Taking a shot, but yeah, I mean, but that's that's who you wanted. I mean, that's that's the, that's the shooter. That's your best player. Put it in her hands. See what she can do. Well, but UConn knew that. But UConn knew that too. I mean, listen, I, I am not. I, I am not here to criticize Erin McDonald. Not at all. Because yeah. I became a fan of hers throughout this tournament. She was fantastic. And of course, you want her shooting the ball. But if I'm gonna be a little critical of a college kid, I'm be gonna critical. Say, be critical. She was triple. She was triple. Te- she was triple teamed. I mean, they, they yeah. knew that they were going to her. Clearly, they were ready for it. You got to give somebody else a chance to make that shot. And I don't know the results. I was disappointed in the execution on that final play. I knew it was going to McDonald. UConn knew it was great going defense. to McDonald. She got up a shot. Great defense. Yeah, it wasn't just that they knew Bad it. Offense, it, it, it I'm gonna disagree. Both. It could be bad offense I'm and disagree. great defense. It was bad offense. It was hero ball. Look at you got me nah, criticizing this, this amazing Arizona run. No, go ahead and criticize me. That's part of what <laughs> we do. Like, I didn't know you were going. <laughs> I like it because that's the – and, that, and that's another Arizona. That, that's another, but that's another storyline coming a little bit later. See, I think, I think we grew. I think we grew as a 
uh, as a sporting public. We grew as uh, observers, commentators about women's basketball during this tournament. And that, hey, we talked about we talked about games. Not, not, okay, not not you. It's not personal. Just collectively, collective. Not you personally. Oh, okay. But I'm saying collectively. I, I just want to be clear. People, I'm, I, I just want to be clear. I'm not reluctant to criticize Erin McDonald because she's a woman. I just, it was just, it was a tough shot. It was a tough way to lose a game. No different than I would criticize uh, Aaliyah Boston for the way she missed, uh, you know, in the semifinal um, against Stanford. You understand? So that's all I'm saying. It wasn't about like playing with kid gloves. I hope, I, I hope that's not how you took that just now. Okay, that's good to know. A little bit. I did take that a, a, a little no, bit. God, no. Glove ish. No, no, glove-ish. that wasn't what that was. No, that wasn't what that was. Okay. No, that was not what that was. It was that right. I, I came here. So hell-bent on celebrating Adia Barnes. As a matter of fact, you can check my feed from Friday. But I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I don't don't want you to lose your train of thought. No, I got it. I'm still there. Shifts it. I'm on the track. Okay. But you you can check my feed on Friday. I was was going to pick Arizona on Friday because the moment I saw the NCAA leave them out of the Final Four promotional video, I was like, okay, well, the the Wildcats are going to – they're going to win this thing. I just had a feeling about him. And that was that was based on no analysis or expertise or or anything like that. I was gonna give Arizona props on Friday. So given what they did since then, they oh wow. Talk about woo, that's what I'm talking about. Horns. There you go. I wouldn't even expect yeah. that. But no, so this I'm saying all that to say, Michael, please don't misinterpret me being reluctant to criticize Aaron McDonald because I'm a fan and I enjoyed how she played and she carried them. And she was incredible throughout the tournament. It's not about her gender. I'm just saying they had a great run. They lost by one. I'm not here to pile on a college kid. No, no different than I would do with with a with a with a uh, with a with a man. I'm not gonna sit up here and tell UCLA they should have defended Jalen Suggs better. They should have picked him up sooner and not not giving him a clean look from 40 feet. I'm not gonna criticize them either. So it could be both good offense and excuse me, bad offense and great defense. They triple teamed her. I would have liked to have seen her give it up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, in, in that situation, the defense was just so superior. Like, even if she, if I go back and look at that tape, I'm not sure I see somebody kind of flashing like, "Hey, here, I'm wide open. Hit me here." But this is, a, right. but this is the part easy for me. To I say, like, right? Yeah. This is what I like about uh, Coach Vanderveer. And this is this is this is inspiration for somebody. You know, this is her third national title and first one in 29 years. So there's a 29-year gap between national championships. That's just unbelievable. So that's a testament, one. Not not only is it unbelievable, it's unprecedented. Biggest gap between titles across all sports, men and women. All sports, men and women. Process that. Right. So it's a testament to her longevity to be in that position where you have a 29-year drought and you're in the same space. You know, some people have a 29-year drought. Like, yeah, that was back when I was coaching at Ohio State. Now uh, I'm here. Then I'm maybe two 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 uh, schools ago. That's where I won my first one. No, first two were at Stanford. And interesting, two and three years. See, this is why I'm just I just love this story so much because it it tells you don't think you know the answers. Don't think you can you you, you don't get so comfortable where you feel like you know the future. You mean to tell me in 1992? After her second championship in three years, you don't think people around the Stanford program said, "Oh, we got it down." Oh, now, now, now we rolling. Two out of three. Hey, 
By the time we get to 2010, 2012, we might have five, six championships. Tara, you're doing that thing. You just don't know what's going to happen. And she's had, and her teams have had some great players and some great moments. They went to five straight Final Fours at one point. They're in a national championship game. They got number one picks in the WNBA draft and still didn't win the championship. So I'm just happy for her for just sticking with it, just doing her thing, still putting together a great program, graduating great young women. And then finally, uh, she gets her uh, she gets her third championship, not without a, a little drama there in the end, because I'm telling you, Mike, I'm going to go back to this. That was not an awful shot. And Drew Iron. I didn't say it was awful. I just wish no, somebody else would have gotten an over. Go look at that. Go look at that shot again. Listen, if it would, if it would, if it would have gone in, this is the thing about Hero Ball. Okay, if it would have gone in, we have obviously we have a different conversation. Obviously, we have a different yeah. conversation, and it was it was close. Well, it, she back rimmed it right. So again, I, I hesitate. That's why I'm saying I hesitate to criti- criticize somebody in a make or miss game, not just a make or miss league, but a make or miss game for missing a shot under pressure. When that's what you want your go-to player to do. You want them to want the ball, but she was triple team nonetheless. I don't want to harp on that. Let's get back to Stanford. I'll come back to Arizona, though. Coach Vanderbilt called it the COVID championship. It's not just that she won a championship. You mentioned this, this 29-year you know, gap. They were also, this 29-year odyssey, if you will, they were also uh, it, you know, in something of a, of, uh, um, you know, it was, let's just say it was quite a, a season, being on a road for 86 games, a sojourn, if you will, or, or just a, this, this journey to get to San Antonio as the number one overall seed and win the first championship in three decades in a season in which they spent 86 days on the road. You know, 86 days away from Santa Clara because of, of COVID health protocols, which we talked to Coach Vanderveer about earlier this season. So it's not just that they won the championship with two Final Four wins by one point each. It's all they had to overcome this season to pull right. this off. The story is just, it, it, it keeps getting better and better the deeper you go, whether it's collectively or individually, or even as an institution. You know, one of my pet peeves is, you know, since. First title since. There's a lot of these programs that are entitled or feel entitled to titles. And it's like, first championship since. 2015, it's like, come on, man. Like, it's, but on, and, and the only program that could probably say that pretty soon is going to be UConn. Another program we'll come back to in a second. UConn's in a relative drought, <laughs> okay, which is a good thing. But for right. 30 years, you're absolutely right, Michael. It's just such a testament to her and her program and her dedication. And it's inspirational. Uh, and there were a lot, among many inspirational stories, and, I, and I'll pass it back to you before I move to Arizona because you may have another thought. But among many inspirational stories in the women's tournament, really just their tournament in general, given how it started with, of course, the controversial conversation around uh, the lack of, uh, you know, uh, amenities, if you will, or the the discrepancy in amenities between uh, the men and the women, uh, given how it started, given that we're even having tournaments. And I was going to get to this much more later, but given that we're even having NCAA tournaments a year after they were they were canceled. And, give, and with only one no contest, correct? If I'm not mistaken, BCU, only one full right. trip because of COVID. So the, right. the fact that the NCAA, say what you want about them, they were able to put on two tournaments among many inspirational stories that we that we saw and that we witnessed over just this weekend. Coach Vanderbilt's right at the top. Because that's just inspirational for like, not just you think you got all the answers, but 
I sit here at 41. You sit here 10 years older at 51. And who knows what our lives and our careers have in store for us 30 years from now, God willing. It's just an incredible right. journey, incredible career. Yeah, I'll definitely have to sneak that in there whenever possible, as long as yeah. I can. We'll sneak that in there. Except, yeah. except I just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think your your birthday just tells a different story. I can't wait to celebrate your birthday in August. <laughs> in August. August. August first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we're gonna celebrate together. We're gonna have uh we'll have the star of the show so far. I'm gonna have Maya come on on her birthday her her birthday. It's like July thirty first, right? She's got she's July thirty first or August first. And then we'll have uh and then she she can tell our audience how old her daddy is, you know, just so we can <laughs> we can put this to bed. Relative but, you to know, Uncle Michael. I, yeah. I wonder, <laughs> you know, I wonder if <laughs> uh, this COVID thing is something that Stanford will not not COVID itself, but the COVID, the the react, the byproduct of of COVID because of because of this, they had to do something else. I wonder if Stanford will look at it and say, I wonder if we if we, can we take something from what we just learned and apply it to future seasons, because those eighty six days you mentioned. You know, 86 days away from your conveniences, your comforts, you go into a bubble, and that's nothing. A bubble for a championship? Okay. A bubble in San Antonio. I got it. <laughs> I got it. We have been, been travelers. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been yeah. nomads all year. So it might be nomads, an adjustment yes. for you all. That's the word I was But we got for. it. Yeah. And I know it's not like they won each game by 20 points. They played close games, but I think when it really got down to it, they they were a close team, and they just really understood everything it took to to be a championship squad. And I think their their journey, I think their journey helped them uh, over the weekend. And no question, I think it's going to unlock. That's the final thing I say. I think it's probably going to unlock Coach Vanderveer and the program because he's got a good recruiting uh, class coming in for the 2021-22 season. Always. So, because yeah. if you look at the if you look at the top right now, this is what it should have been. If you're in 1992, just take yourself back to 1992. You're thinking it was going to be Tennessee, Stanford, and UConn. They were the newbies. UConn hadn't even won one in 1990. They hadn't won one, <laughs> and so you thought that these programs, hey, you thought Co- Coach Vanderveer have seven titles by now. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure she won't end her career with five or six. Watch. Hmm. Hmm. That's a heck of a. Uh, that's a heck of a proclamation right there. Yes. She's not five even thinking about retirement. Well, yeah, she's got. She's I'm not got, even thinking about retirement. Three. Yeah, you know. I'm not even no, thinking about retirement. No, she said. Yes. She's she still, not thinking. She's about still it. learning. Yeah. So. Um, can I can, can we talk about my 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 with all due respect to Coach Vanderveer? Can we talk about my new favorite coach, uh, my sister Adia Barnes, please? Yeah, let, let's um, talk about her because I who if I can I, I think I if wanna, I could quote I think Gloria I wanna Com- her though. I got to quote. Oh well, this ain't the place for that. Okay, we we will fight. Okay, over well you go ahead, do you, at this you go ahead and give your love, and I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say what's up with that. Okay, go ahead. I'm a quote. Gloria Clemente from White Men Can't Jump, when I say sometimes when you lose, you actually win. And though Arizona came up short, 
you're hard-pressed to find a bigger winner that didn't uh, claim the championship, obviously, than Adia Barnes and her profile and what she represented. I mean, okay, you want to talk about somebody who had a baby before the season, clarified for us last night that, (laughs) that's great, (laughs) clarified for us last night that she didn't take a month off. She took, you know, a week off before she was back on Zoom after a C-section. Bro, at halftime last night, she's pumping breast milk. Come on now. That's crazy. She is pumping That's breast crazy. milk at halftime last night with her husband as an assistant, one baby up there on a bottle, you know, using heating pads that the team uses. The other kid, I believe, was on the iPad, if I'm not mistaken. Her son was on the iPad. I mean, and all because, and there were no special, um, you know, special uh, support or anything given uh, to, to mothers in this bubble. They had, I think, a limit of 34 people, which means she couldn't, she, she didn't have a nanny. So she is, she is literally a working where, mother. And this is where the NCAA her team. can make more adjustments. These, these are just, let, let's write yes. all this stuff down. These are things that NCAA, not in addition to the weight room and the COVID test and all the other inequities that we saw earlier in the tournament. And this is one of the things that NCAA should be thinking about. Because this is what happens, what you just mentioned, this is what happens yeah. in the WNBA. This is what happens. Like, right. they're, they're, well, this is what women I, do I all the time. <laughs> I haven't heard of a brother in the NBA yet. I haven't heard of a single brother who has missed a season because uh, of a paternity leave. Not a single one. Not a season. Not yet. No. Or, or, or Not even, yet. They may, be away, they may be away for family issues, but the burden but not for of, a of parenting is obviously disproportionate. No, of course not. It's obviously disproportionate uh, for professional male athletes versus, uh, versus women. But not only that, listen, I just hope as, a, as an aspiring uh, you know, filmmaker myself, I hope that they were capturing the behind the scenes of this Final Four run. Uh, because yeah. it's, it's, it's a documentary. It's, it's, a, it's a movie to watch this, this woman not only bring her underdog team. I don't right. even know why I'm talking to you about this because you don't even like college basketball like that. I'm just going to talk to myself. I'm going to talk to the people out there I don't know who, that like I don't college know basketball. I do believe in no, underdog you, stories. That no, do no, believe is, in Cinderella's. Is, all right. Now, let me give you some Michael Smith. Bringing her underdog yeah. team, which the yeah, NCAA disregarded. And then... Hey, best hey, of all, no. Best of hey, all is the pump at no, halftime. No, no. Best of all is the pump at Mike halftime. Smith would but say, then she flipped the bird at everybody. Nuance. We're arguing nuance. She That's flipped what you the, would say. So we're Michael, arguing nuance. She flipped. She flipped the bird, and was unapologetic. Okay? okay. She said exactly what she needed to say to every to her team. Twenty seconds about. Okay, go ahead. This, don't tell me this is your problem. Don't tell That's me this is problem. your issue. That's my problem. That's oh, come yes, on. It yes, it what is. You, That's my problem. Oh, come on now. All right. And Go then ahead. she says, Go ahead. Then she says, ooh, I, I, I can't stand this. I can't stand I, I really, I hate when people say this. It, it, it's, it, there are two or three phrases. One, I just tell it like it is. Well, you tell it like you think it is. Hey, I just keep it real. Well, uh, okay, for you. And then what she said was, well, uh, I just got to be who I am. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Listen, if you're trying to inspire your team with your underground story, with your under with your underdog story, and say they don't believe in us, fine. If they're catching, if you flipping the bird in a public space 
and you're a you're a head coach of a basketball team, you just got to be like, look, I was I wish you hadn't seen that. That's my bad. I'm trying to inspire the team. Do you, Kevin Durant? I'm cussing. I'm flipping it off. But she says, no, I don't apologize for anything. Come on, just. You're not selling out. You're not selling out by apologizing. Oh, oh, stop! No, no, no! Oh my God! Every now and then, every now and then, and it's rare. We we live in nuance. We are more nuanced than most people can actually process. Quite honestly, you and I. But every now and then, we are on such divergent. Like I I can't believe you sit up here getting all sanctimonious and holy and now. I know you gave a Good Friday sermon, but get off! Get out of here with that! Get out of here with that! She absolutely deserved to flip the bird that anybody who didn't believe in her team, because contrary oh, to most of the time oh, when oh. that cliche is used, they actually didn't believe in her team. Oh, hold on. The NCAA oh, didn't believe in her oh, team. Wait a minute. Okay, so, hold on. I wish, I wish she had turned around and flipped off hold everybody on, looking. I wish she wouldn't have hey, absolutely should have done it. You, hold them up you there. Took, I would flip you off wait. if I could. If it wasn't well, compromise this show, and you can. I would throw up two. But you know what? Single so fingers funny. to lose to you right now. For You're that, so funny. For that You're tank. so funny. Because you took you wow. took my self-righteousness and you raised it. I know the producers did a nice job of putting your feet up from Friday on Arizona. Can we run back your quotes? You, not me, Michael Smith, the 41, soon Which to be quotes? 42-year-old Michael Smith. Not me. Not till August. Said, Which quotes? Which quotes? Who said? What I said? Oh, Kevin Durant. Hey, man, it's time to grow up. You can't be talking like that. You can't be doing that. Okay? Oh, what? What? That ain't what? the same ballpark. It ain't the same league. It ain't private. the same sport. Did that she say private. anything homophobic? He's cussing at somebody no. privately. His DMs. Cussing. He had a Mike. snake. Okay. You he know had what? a snake okay. who leaked you know his what? DMs. You know what? And here's a coach Maybe. in here in public, a coach, a leader okay. of women right. out here Flipping people off. Oh, my God. A leader out. of women. Yeah. Oh, my God. For, imagine that. Okay, okay, so what's the difference? So what's the difference in that? Because you were sanctimonious We hear people coming. What's my, the difference? Hop, hop. No, I was sanctimonious because of the, the type of language that Kevin Durant used in private, which shouldn't have been shared. In private. Separate conversation. Private. Separate, but that's a separate conversation. Okay, she was talking to her team. And she don't control the cameras. But the type of language that Kevin Durant was using is problematic publicly or privately and more problematic than well, F you. That's, that's not okay. even a comparison. Let's be real. So she flipped okay, okay, off no, the no, 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 no. How many times do hot mics pick up people cussing all the time? She didn't offend anybody by that. But, but I understand our difference here. Honestly, I understand our difference here. Because honestly, Michael, I noticed this. You know, condescending. And I, I, I sarcastically. Condescension. I, no, no, no. no condescension alert. No, go ahead. Condescending. This is not going to be condescending. I did sarcastically say you're being self-righteous. Okay. But and all, all jokes aside, you have matured. Maybe it's, because, maybe it's a 10-year difference. Maybe over the next 10 years, I will get to this point. Maybe when I get to be your age, maybe I will mature. You don't cuss like I do. I got a foul mouth. I I do. I don't. So cussing does not bother me one bit. You lucky I ain't cussed tw- a dozen times on this show so far. It doesn't bother me. It does not bother me. You, on the other hand, I have noticed you are more disciplined with your language. You don't use profanity to the extent that I do. So maybe it's just a difference in how we view profanity. Maybe that's the di- maybe that's why we're disagreeing so vehemently. That's I mean, I don't know. Is it, you think there's something to that? Uh, I don't. I think there's something to that's nothing to me. I think there's something to leadership. I think there's something to leadership 
And I think there's something to owning what you did. Like, you know that's not a good look. You're the head coach. Like, you you want to who? cool with that? You just said you, you tell it that? like it is. You just said to, she says oh, I tell it like to, it is. To an audience. No, you tell you it like audience. how you see it. You say it's not a good look. What's it's her, a what's look her AD? Thing? I was, what's I, was AD thing? I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. What's it? What 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 a, what, a, what was her AD think? What is the uh, what is the provost think? I don't know. What are fans think? Oh wait a minute! Oh, you can, I you guarantee her players love. Is it public? That's a public school, right? University of, University of Arizona. Arizona is public. state state school. All right, yeah, so, state school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a private institution. I believe it is. So you like she's got a like that's that's where the salary is coming from. Like there are people whether whether we want to uh, whether we like it or not, there are people that she's got to answer to. That really. Wait, I wonder if the people that really offended you. Yeah, I'm just that wondering. Really offended you? I just, it bothered you. No, you know what bothered me? Not that she did it, but that she like she wouldn't even she wouldn't even acknowledge that. Man, eh, you know what? Maybe that's probably I, I probably shouldn't have done that. I'm not apologizing. I refuse to apologize. Really? You refuse to apologize for that? Okay. Okay. That's good. Good to know. That surprised me. She could do no wrong in my eyes at this point. I know. I know it is. Um, and and I that just endeared me more, endeared her more to me. And except, I'm, I'm sure except, to many others. Except you did rip her play call at the end, though. I didn't rip her play call. I ripped her point guard, her 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 superstar point guard. And I wish she wouldn't have played hero ball, heroin ball, as the case may be. But if she'd have made it, we'd be singing her praises today. So call me a hypocrite. I'm saying that she had every right to flip off the world who did not think that they could beat mighty UConn, who I really do want to revisit later, but we should take a break. But I, re- I do want to revisit UConn later on. It's just the state of women's basketball in general. But, like, if anybody had a right to say, bleep the world right now, nobody believed in us. And she ain't that far removed from the WNBA herself. A couple of years ago, this team, this team was 6-24, and 24, bro. And in the heat of the moment, in a her. huddle. It's good. She, she done fires a, off two birds. It ain't, her, it ain't her fault the cameras caught her. Okay, fine. We, 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 really? Of all the things to be offended by in 2021, we offended because a coach offend, gave a double-finger salute offended, to her team? Offended like, come is on, not, man. Offended is too strong. That ain't the offended same as, as the language that Kevin Durant used in private. Hey, Again, Michael Rappaport was First of all, there are two or three different conversations here. One, I'm not offended. I wasn't offended. Two, I, I say, how about this? Ooh, this is this is very parental. I was disappointed. I was disappointed in the way she. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you right now. I'm disappointed in, way, <laughs> in the way she explained it. But you know, can we be completely honest? I want to be completely oh, honest. As opposed to the last thirty minutes, sure. No, I, I know, but this is this takes another level of honesty, and and this is this is a problematic aspect of honesty, and it's that. There is no, when you're having an, a private conversation when you, with somebody who you think is a friend, there is no problematic language with them. There really isn't. And, and if it is, they check you on it. Like, it's not, but like you're not having, in a, in a, in a text message thread with, me, with, with the two of us, we're not thinking somebody else is watching that. That's a completely different doesn't animal. matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. It does oh, matter. About, oh, no. Okay. Say- no, it doesn't. If I leak your text the messages, language I use reflects... No, no, no. It's not about you leaking it. The language I use reflects my worldview. Okay? that If you're using that language as a pejorative, as an insult, in a derogatory way, 
then that, that says something about your worldview, in my mind. That's my problem that I have with it. That's where I draw the no. distinction between KD and Adia Barnes. People are, Adia people Barnes are said, screw people, the world, nobody people are us. It's not the same thing. Yeah, they are. Okay. I'm wait till the cameras go off so I could do what I want to do right now. <laughs> go ahead, do it now. Do it now. Do it. I dare you. I'm going to do it first. <laughs> three seconds to go. We're tied at 90. Here comes Suggs. Long three for the win. Oh! Banks at home. Banks at home. Jalen Suggs. A deep banked three to Sten Gonzaga. One step closer to history. Unbeaten Gonzaga comes up with the hero play of the year from the freshman. And their one went away from an undefeated national championship. 93-90, Gonzaga. All right. Uh, our guy Jordan Cornette making his uh, brother from another debut of ESPN and the ACC Network. We'll get into tonight's. I mean, some are thinking this could be the game of the century. Certain two tough acts to follow between Saturday night's semifinal thriller and yesterday's women's uh, title game thriller. Jordan, we appreciate you being here. But first, let's jump into this breaking news within the last few minutes. And this is your account. Uh, so the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Tar Heels just made history mm-hmm. by hiring their first African-American coach to lead the program, hiring longtime assistant and UNC alum uh, Hubert Davis. Hey, our guests go first. Uh, what's your reaction to that hire? Not exactly a surprise, is it? Not a surprise. And Michael and Mike, it's good to be on with you guys. It's an effing good hire. And good I won't curse because I know how Michael Holly feels about that here. So I'm just going to tell Thank you I really you. like it. And Michael, that's a shout-out. Go shout ahead, out, do man. it. See, what, see how it works out for you. Go ahead. I, I've been, I've been reading, <laughs> reading your stuff since back with, with the Akron Plain Dealer, my friend. So I'm a big fan of both of y'all here, uh, having family in the Akron area. Um, but, yeah, th- this is a great hire. It's the right hire for North Carolina because it needed to stay in the family. I mean, y- you heard the presser from Coach Roy Williams and how he spoke, and he spoke about, you know, family and what it meant there at North Carolina and how important that is. And, and it was emotional to listen to, but there was reading between the lines that let me know that this was definitely going to be Hubert Davis's job when Coach Roy Williams said, you know, I will have input on the, who the next guy is. And you guys remember – uh, Hubert Davis did a great job on the college game day set with ESPN and walked away from a cush job, which didn't require recruiting, practices, dealing with parents, playing time, a transfer portal, to take an assistant job. And if he was going to do that, you knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel that would lead to him making history there in Chapel Hill. And it has. I think it's a home run. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Jordan, what do you think Hubert can bring to the job that you know, Roy Williams' legendary career, you know, all the accolades speak for themselves. But, you know, what kind of dimension do you think he can bring that uh, Roy Williams thought that he couldn't do anymore? Because he said, hey, it's, it's, I'm not the man for the job anymore. So what, what will uh, Hubert bring that Roy Williams? He's could- 20 years younger, uh, fresh eyes, credibility is what I think about right away. Like, I, I feel like so many people get it wrong when they try to stereotype what these, these young men are looking for when they're picking a college. You would hope academics play a large role, and I like to think they do with several of them. But they get shortchanged when people talk about, oh, it's the uniforms. Oh, it's what the social scene's like or the weather. No, you would hope it's academics, but then next it's their desire to get to the next level. Who's going to make them better? Who's going to develop them and get them to their ultimate dream, the league? 
Hubert Davis is about as good a guy as you're going to find in that regard, a guy who's played at the highest level, a guy who knows what it takes to get there and has those connections. So he's going to run that thing with more of an NBA feel because he has that background to him. Um, but he has those connections to the next level. So he'll be able to recruit, keep that pipeline that North Carolina's had humming because they haven't been devoid of talent. Fresh eyes is probably where Hubert can kind of separate himself. But again, that NBA connection is huge. All eyes will be on uh, Lucas Oil Stadium tonight um, for, as anticipated, a national championship game as we've had, not just because we did not have an NCAA tournament last year, but also these are the two best teams uh, throughout the season uh, meeting in the championship game. I guess, Jordan, real, quite simply, when's the last time you've been this excited for a national championship game? I know it's the national championship, but this one feels bigger than we've had in a long time because of the reasons I just said, not to mention coming off that semifinal Saturday or even the laters, oh, excuse me, even the ladies uh, last night helping set the table for what will probably be an epic title game tonight. Yeah, Mike, I feel like I need a pack of menthols next to me. I don't even smoke. Like after <laughs> these last few games that we've seen, it's been wild, the stretch, right? I mean, that semifinal game to me with Gonzaga and UCLA, and it's not being a prisoner of the moment, I was there for the for the UNC Noble one, which is recent history. Uh, I remember all the other ones in the debate, Kentucky-Duke from 92, even going back to Lorenzo Charles in 83. I, I was aware of all those. I still think that was the best game I've ever seen. So can we get another one like that? Ari McDonald was, was incredible to watch as she slayed the dragon and then almost did it again in the championship game. Heartbreaking to watch her and that squad lose. Um, but, but yeah, I, I hope we can get back to, to what we've seen so far. I think college basketball on a men's side needs this immensely because I think people have, starting to f- have begun to forgotten about the magic of the madness. And with COVID this year, the start and stop, there's no real rhythm to it, a transfer portal that's robust. There's, there's reasons for people not to feel as tied to their programs and have that, that, uh, the interest as a fan that they had before. To close out the season, to punctuate it with an incredible game that matches the level of that Gonzaga-UCLA game is paramount to the sport. I mean, these athletes are the most important collection of athletes in the history of collegiate athletics for what they went through, their discipline, their resolve, and their focus to be able to go out there and play. To punctuate it with a game that goes, man, I'm looking forward to next year. Man, this really delivered. I think it's critical for the sport. So I hope it can deliver uh, that one game with Gonzaga and UCLA. If that's all we're going to get, then, then, I'm ex- then I'll be happy with it. But one verse two to decide the season, that's what you want. And it's not, guys, a one verse two. Uh, these two teams figured it out late. They were the best at the start. They yeah. were the best throughout the season. Yeah. They're the best here at the end. Yeah. So it's a proper way to go out. All right. I got a two-part, a short two-part question for you. Who's going to win? Why are they going to win? Well, I'm going to tell you this. Baylor's going to cover. I can't believe they're getting points. I feel like Baylor's, Baylor should be the favorite, in my opinion. Like, they got them boys. Like, I'm telling Michael you guys. Michael love language. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you. Like, these guys right here, they're the team to beat in this matchup, guys. I really think so. And we saw how UCLA was so comfortably able to score against Gonzaga. And they're a good offensive team. They know Baylor. Baylor's unrelenting for 40 minutes. Baylor plays an even more physical brand of basketball. Baylor's going to guard you. And Baylor's going to take away the transition. This one's going to come down to Baylor's ability to get Drew Timmy in foul trouble down low, attack that big fella. He got in foul trouble versus UCLA. I think you want to finish him off in this one. That is not the head of the snake because there's so much talent on Gonzaga, but it's a big piece of the puzzle. And if you can take him out of his rhythm, 
make those other guards beat you. They say guard play wins in March. I know Jalen Suggs, the number one pick, in my opinion, is on the other team in Gonzaga. Baylor's got the better backcourt. Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell. Oh, by the way, Macy Oteague, Adam Flagler. Like, those four guys can overwhelm you. I'm taking the better guards in this matchup. That's Baylor. Mm. Oh, that hurts. Okay, Undefeated no season crashes to a close in the national championship. But it should have oh, crashed already. UCLA should have got him in that semifinal game. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, uh, we got to pick up on something you just you just said. Um, in, in, in passing, you said it very matter of fact. And listen, he was phenomenal Saturday night. You think Jalen Suggs is uh, more worthy of being a number one pick than Cunningham or Mobley? Yeah, yeah, Mike. Here's why I think so. I think it, he's the number one. I know he's the number one guy because he's an impact guy today. So if you're looking for the guy who can become that guy down the road, that's Evan Mobley. That's almost – Kate Cunningham can go out there and do it now, but not like Jalen Suggs can do it now. He's an elite athlete. He's a two-way guy. He's got a motor different from the other two, and that's why I think he's the impact guy right now. He's a three-level scorer. He's explosive. He can stretch you out, and he makes the big-time plays. He's got that dog in him. Like, you guys know what I mean when I say that. I can say that in certain circles. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know what you're talking about. He's got the dog in him. <laughs> so he's ready to go. Yeah. Day one in an NBA uniform, he's giving people the business. Listen, uh, you just gave us the I business. We appreciate you yeah. coming on and dropping knowledge. You dropped some gems. Uh, you, you gave us, you gave a, this is the greatest brother from another debut. Let's, let's just be a prisoner in a moment, Michael Holly. Greatest brother from another debut in this show's brief history. <laughs> hey, you right didn't say brief. Jordan Cornett. Like, uh, you didn't say brief, Michael. Like, just keep it like, it's a good one. Not a brief history. It's just a great appearance. <laughs> I'm happy to come back if y'all allow me. No, wait, wait. It, it, it's a brief and storied history. You know, it's both. It's, it's a brief right. history and a story. There's a legacy of guests on this show. And you have set the bar when it comes to debuts, man. We appreciate and, you falling through and dropping knowledge. And you know what? And you know what? You are, you're certainly maybe the best baller in the history of the show. You may be the best baller. Like, what's, what's, your, what's the best game you've ever had? Best game you ever had? Like, who's the opponent? What, what'd you do? Best game it you ever had? Be- it wasn't the best game I ever had, but it's a pretty funny stat I still laugh about. So I was a defensive stopper at Notre Dame for four years, lucky enough to hold the shot block record in Notre Dame. I had a double-double in a game in, in Big East play, and this was back in 2002. Two points, 12 blocks, 11 rebounds. Oh, like, that's dude, I love without that. the basketball. That's a great, that's beautiful. I love like, that. I can be the star. I'll just be the guy out to the side making a difference. You need one of those guys. That is a beautiful. I'm inspired. Wait, wait. Two points. I'm inspired. Two points. Two, 12, 12 rebounds. Did you say 12 blocks? Yeah. I, w- I was the kid man in the commercial. No, blocks. no, no. Not today. I was blocking everything. Two points, everything. 12 blocks, and 11, and 11 rebounds. Boards? I need to find that video and show it to my son. That's the kind of player I want Mason to be right there. That's a thing of beauty and a joy forever, that stat line. That's, I love that's that. Phenomenal. That's I'm the best you guys, thing. That's the best stuff, it, man. If I could have the final word, I just want to let you all know, like, what you guys do for the culture is incredibly important. Uh, both both Michaels, man, been a big fan of yours. Uh, my, uh, Mike Smith, we're closer in age by a few years. Michael, you got me by about a decade, but I've been following you guys. What you yeah, guys you're 10 years younger the, than Michael. That, yes, yes. <laughs> what you guys do for the culture. <laughs>
future for the business. You guys are really blazing a trail for people like me who are coming up. So we appreciate it very much. Well, so we appreciate it. Hey, man, that's that's that, means the, that. that means the... Yeah, that means the world to us, too, man. Thank you so much. And uh, let, let us be the first of many visits, all right? Sounds good, fellas. All right, Jay. Be good, Thank man. You. Thank you. How about that deadline, though? Whoa. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. I saw Johnny got the miss and uh, got the miss and put it back in. You know, and Corey took it out right away. Um, Corey, Corey, come here. You know, and I got as many dribbles as I can. You know, try to get as close as I could. Um, he was actually like right under me. Um, but I mean, I just put it up. I was fading away with it, and dude, it went off the backboard and in. And I don't know. I've always wanted to run up on the table and you know, like Kobe and D Wade and and go like that. And I mean, that's the first thing I did. But man, I that that's something that you practice, you know, on your mini hoop as a kid or in the gym, just messing around. And to, to be able to do that, uh, it, it's crazy. Hey, Michael, did you uh, did you watch this game? Because, I mean, I, I know of you course. really did Absolutely. basketball like that. And, I mean, a, a number no, no, one advanced to the I title that. game, I know that's boring to you. Uh, so, well, I, I don't know, well, you know. Yeah. You, is it, should, we, yeah. should we pivot to another topic? I, I don't know. But it's I know. That you're, no, it's, it's funny. You, yeah, you you got you okay. got jokes today. I'm just checking. You got jokes today. No, I, I, that's, yeah. not, that's not jokes. That's facts. But let me just point out. That's facts. Can I just I mean, point I mean, out? Everybody, that. you you do not like the NCAA tournament, and oh, and can I point out? I don't like the enjoy. I don't like the show. false narrative of the NCAA tournament. Can I can, can I point out? Ooh, ooh. Uh, when we had the list, we had the list. We may not have it anymore. We had each of the 68 teams in the NCAA tournament. Remember that? And I said. Ain't nobody below 11 go win this thing. Oh, I was a little too generous. Uh, oh, we got, oh, what, Mike? I can't believe it. Oh, wow. We have the top two teams. Oh, my God. Okay. The top two you know teams like? oh, are playing. Like, just so dug in on this take. It's like you, would, you wouldn't have it any other way, okay? And there were plenty of Cinderella stories, okay? Hey, the clock strikes midnight for all Cinderellas. The clock struck so midnight. Because a Cinderella 16. doesn't win the championship Stop. usually, doesn't mean that Cinderellas don't have a good time at the ball while they're there. This has been a phenomenal tournament. All I want to say, all, all jokes aside. What is aside, the ball? All jokes aside, all I want to say. Round of 32? All I want to say. That's the ball? All I want to say is how appreciative I am. And I, and I mean this sincerely. How appreciative I am of everybody involved with putting this event on. I, listen, I, I was messing with you just now. I, I'm not the biggest college basketball, you know, freak there is. Like, I don't, I don't eat, sleep, and breathe college basketball. Um, I, I enjoy it around tournament time. I don't even fill out a bracket because I get too attached to it, and I'm like, why am I filling this out? I don't know what I'm talking about anyway, so I just do without it. Um, and I, I wasn't heartbroken that they didn't have it last year, but... I guess, again, I love quoting the immortal words of uh, Jeffrey Osborne from LTD. It takes separation to bring appreciation. And now that we have the tournament back, I'm like, man, like, I, I get why people, why people think it's the biggest thing going in American sports. And this tournament, again, to put it on under these circumstances, and, and let's be honest here, there was criticism, and we were probably even a part of it, criticism for trying to yeah. even have this tournament 
with a pandemic still going on. And yet there was only one uh, forfeiture slash no contest, I believe. Uh, and, and to have a successful and exciting women's tournament and to now about to you know, cap off a successful and exciting men's tournament, despite the circumstances, is really just a testament to everybody from the unpaid players. And we never say it all the way up to the administrators. And the reason I'm in such a thankful mood, the reason I have such an attitude of gratitude in particular, because mm-hmm. I, I, I started on this track earlier in the show, Michael, and I'll just bring it back for purposes of this. So really this weekend was really an amazing sports weekend. Um, and so Friday night, uh, we watched the UConn-Arizona game as a family. Saturday night, Mason and I, because it was late, try to usually get him into bed early as best we can. But we stayed up, just the two of us, to watch Gonzaga-UCLA. And to experience that moment with my son, I'm not sure how you watched it, but to experience it with my son and his play-by-play and my play-by-play, and, I mean, it was one of those moments we just jumped off the sofa together like, oh, 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 like just going crazy. Obviously no dog in this fight. I mean, when when Johnny Juzang, when he got that put back and to send it, well, to tie it, I'm like, oh, yes, double overtime. Double overtime. And then right. I was like, yes, we get more baskets. Because that, that was a game that deserved to go on. And then when Jalen Suggs drained that shot to experience – an all-time instant classic moment next to my son was something I'll never forget. So I appreciate the moment that Jalen Suggs, Gonzaga, and UCLA, what a remarkable Cinderella run by a freaking 11 seed. Now, I know you don't consider UCLA a Cinderella, given the fact that they got, what, 11 titles or whatever it is. You know, right. still, first four to on the doorstep of the national though. championship game is an incredible run, and they showed out. They were the Arizona of the men's semifinal. They, were, they, they, they get every bit as much respect for me as I give Arizona for how Arizona acquitted itself in the women's final. UCLA was phenomenal. So to experience that alongside Mason was just really special on a personal note, Michael. Because yeah. And you and I have talked about this privately. Sports over the last few years, I, I've kind of fallen out of love with sports in general for a variety of complex reasons that I am not going to get into and waste time with now. Uh, just jaded in general in many respects. So it was just fun to just have something be fun and pure and wholesome. And I know it's the NCAA and it's college athletes, so there's nothing really pure about it. Yeah. But you understand what I'm getting at. Like a great sports moment with my son. And then yesterday, to put a bow on it and pass to you, right before Versus, and it ended right on time, we all sat down as a family. Because, you know, I got two hoopers now. I got two, t- two kids playing basketball. Both my oldest are basketball players. And we all sat down as a family and watched uh, the Arizona-Stanford final last night. So just such a great weekend, but to experience that with Mason was really just something I'll never forget, and hopefully he never forgets. Like, where were you? I was sitting with my dad. That's it. Jumping up and down, yelling when Jalen Suggs, future NBA superstar Jalen Suggs, etched his name uh, in March Madness lore. Look, look, Mike, I, I think that's great. See, like, you never forget those moments. Like, I, I had that, I had something similar when uh, the United States women, the women's national team, won their, their most recent World Cup. And we all watched it as a family. That, okay, that's one. We all watched it as a family, but even better. And this is what I love. My sons and my daughter, after that game, went outside and played soccer. And they're, and they're calling themselves different members of the team. 
See, that's the stuff. That is good. That is good. And you can see the impact immediately. But you're absolutely right. Watching that with Mason is something that he'll never forget and something you'll never forget. I actually watched it with Oni. I was watching it on Saturday night, and I was just expect for a while, I was expecting, I probably watched it for a half thinking, okay, when is when is Gonzaga just going to take control of this game? Then it was clear that it wasn't going to happen. I was conflicted watching the game, back and forth. Great game. Okay, so my, my, my conflict had nothing to do with the game itself. The UCLA athletic director, let me give him a shout out here, Martin German. Martin German, he's a first-year athletic director at UCLA. He's a friend of mine. He was at BC, young guy, brother, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the few uh, African-American athletic directors of a program like this in the country. So I've been texting with him, you know, every, every time UCLA gets a win, I'm like, hey, all right, Martin, good job. Next one, next one. So I really was, on one hand, I wanted Martin uh, and his team mm-hmm. to keep going forward. On the other hand, I kind of do want to see an undefeated basketball team. I mean, for the first time Michael, in, in almost. I, in one almost of us on years. this show, one of us on, one of us on this show, one of us was not alive the last time. There was an undefeated. That's right. College Either basketball one of us was alive. Men's team. No, I said one of us was not alive. 1976, right. I believe. Right. I was born 1976. in 1979. So I have never seen an undefeated men's college basketball team. No, I've seen the ladies do it. It would be great to but see. I've never seen a men's college team do it. And you know, honestly, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I had to go back and look at Indiana, the '76 team. Just to familiar, I knew the names, but I needed to familiarize myself with like their top three, top four players, and like some of their matchups and who they beat in the you know, semifinals. I, I really don't remember watching Indiana basketball, so I've seen some teams come close, and you have too, uh, only to fall short, you know, a step away or a couple of steps away. I'd like to see it. Well, actually, Sounds like I, listen, listen yeah. to Jordan. It sounds like it's not going to happen tonight. Yeah. Well, well, let me, let me, let me, I'm going to come back to that in one second. But before we talk about tonight's final, which again, tough act to follow, um, tough acts to follow, we, I just got to show some love, more love to UCLA. Yo, Juzang is a bad boy. Yeah. Like, yo, he was nice with it. I'm talking, I mean, you're talking about smooth? Could get, I mean, could get his own shot from wherever he wants. Man, I was so impressed. Really, UCLA in general. I just, I know they had a lot of close games, and it was like there was a some of the numbers would suggest that it was fluky. Bro, they they belonged in a big way, and I'm I'm I felt for them losing that game, especially the way that they did to lose um, like that. But ooh, but the general, but the general fan in me, if you will, like the, the, this is what we want. Like, we got, we, we got, come on now, I mean, seriously, like, we talk about Cinderella's all we want, seeing the two best teams play for the national title, not just the two teams that made it, but the two best teams all year is, is a dream matchup. Some are calling it the game of the century. Um, and so, That's, fortunately, as they it, say, as, they, as the cliche goes, as the cliche goes, somebody had to lose that game. Bro, UCLA, yeah. man, tip of the cap to them. As far as tonight, though, game, I want to pull Game of this century? Game of this well, century ain't that long. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, ga- game of the 21st century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Anyway, 
Um, I, I'm I, just I, you know, okay, here, what here's people the thing. say. Just what people say. I know, I know. You asked me the question. I know one of your pet peeves is like odd <laughs> anniversaries. Since. This is like the seventh anniversary yeah. or ninth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, not, third since yeah. Two, yeah. not since 2016, mm-hmm. not since that kind of stuff. Five years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just, I, I hate, I hate when people, <laughs> the game of the century and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's not, it's never even thoughtful. It's never thoughtful. It's just like, hey, we saw a great no, game this weekend. That's it. And I saw a headline. We had a headline coming in. Best college basketball what? game ever. Stop. Shut up. Just shut up. No, it's not. It's not the best college game you've ever seen. Is it the best game you've ever seen? It's not. Is it the best college game you've ever seen? Probably not. I mean, come on. It's, if, 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 it felt, it, I mean, it felt as okay. good as, it felt as good watching it. I enjoy, okay, how, I don't know how you define the best game ever. Okay, best, but best that madness. That was as much fun. Okay, best buzzer beater. Okay, sure, best buzzer beater. Okay, I, I stand corrected. Yeah. That was as much fun as I've ever, best no, but buzzer people, some people are calling it the best game ever. No, but some people are calling it the best game ever. Some people are indeed calling the semifinal 93-90 Gonzaga over UCLA 2021 as the best ever. Uh, CBS has their list. And yeah, they still got, see, they got Leitner. I was going to say, and it's not even the best buzzer beater because number three or two or one. Yeah, I think all those, those are, that's appropriate. Those top three, that's a pro- I, I can't I can't hate on any of them. Yeah, you, I mean a, a national championship buzzer beater is hard to top. And um, by the way, I would, I would Villanova, flip-flop. North Carolina, that was a great game. That was a great. I would flip flop. Yeah, it was. I would flip flop two and three. And and I, I would still keep Christian Leitner above Suggs only because it's it's Kentucky Duke, it's Leitner, it's Grant Hill. It, it's hard for me to move that one out. I don't want to be yeah. too much of a prisoner at the moment. Having said all that, though, if I enjoy that game as much as any game I can remember, look, I, I, I am not qualified enough to definitively tell you if it's the best game ever. I'm not. I don't even. Need, I don't feel like I need to do that. I don't feel like anybody needs to do it. Does it really matter? I mean, it's like it was one of the greatest games we've ever seen. It was That's a great enough. moment. It was. It was. And you know what? It was that not, not just moment, but the game. It was fun with Drew Timmy, bro. I like. I, bro, I, speaking of speaking of to your. You, do you like Drew Timmy as much as I do? Because he seems like, you know, yeah. like Drew Timmy is like the perfect, if there's a shirts and skins game, Drew Timmy is always skins. I just know it. He's right. always skins. He just is that dude that you just don't want to have to play against. I love Drew Timmy. That's right. I absolutely love his game. It was fun. And I don't, don't want to be the guy who takes away the fun, but I just got to do this. Gary, could you just but, call up my list? Just call up the list. Oh, Lord. You made a list? Oh, Lord. No, no. I'm saying the list that was already... I didn't make it. I didn't make the list. It was talking about the the top teams and the 68 teams in the tournament. And uh, I just wanted to see where we stand. You know, because it's... Hey, March Madness. Anything can happen. Cinderella. Hey! You know where we we stand. Look! uh, uh, Top two teams are in. (laughs) No, no. This is so whack. This is such a bad take. It's like you, you say it like it's a bad thing. Why? This is the first. This is the first time, Michael. This is, okay, the year that I was born, if I'm not mistaken, was the last time we've had an undefeated team in the national title game, and that was Larry Bird's Indiana State. Larry Bird, excuse me, Indiana State team, 1979 against Magic. That was the last time we've had an undefeated team make it this far. 
So you can sit up here with your so whack. It ain't really about underdogs or Cinderella's overrated. It's not. And, and it ain't really. Clearly it's not. Except UCLA at 44. So, so who would good. you rather... Who would you who would you rather see in the game tonight? But besides, not about who I rather. You know what I rather. You know what I rather. No, you want to have it both ways. No, you want to say Cinderella don't really happen, but what? This is what I want to do. I want let me be the editor. Can I be the editor? Or let me suggest an editor. I don't, you know, because it's not, you know, I'm NBC. That's CBS. Okay, you go ahead and do your thing. Bring an editor in. Never say Cinderella again. Never say anything can happen. Never talk about this tournament as if uh, Norfolk State can win it or Drexel can win it. They can't. Stop it. It's billions of dollars. This is big money. You don't want to pay the kids. You don't want to have equal treatment for men and women. Uh, so just stop with, the, stop with the lies and just call it what it is. It's a, it's a big money tournament. And usually the blue bloods, blue bloods of college basketball wind up in the championship game. Yes. Other than that, okay, fine. And if you if you keep it real with me, I'll enjoy the tournament. Just don't lie to me. I hate it. Just don't lie to me and just make it make this tournament something that it's not. Nope. You know I'm not even okay. I'm not even gonna argue with that no more. I don't even know why why I brought it up. Yeah, I don't have to argue. I don't even know why I brought it up. I'm right because I'm right. No, because it's like no, it's because I'm all right. right. All right, I'm okay. And you're wrong because you're too young. You're too young to understand it. So as far as tonight goes, I pose the question this way. Does 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 Jalen Suggs' moment is it reduced to a footnote if Gonzaga doesn't finish the job? Yes. Like how? Like how, oh, is it re- that simple, huh? That doesn't even feel yeah. good to ask. Doesn't even feel good to ask whether or not one of the greatest games, one of the greatest buzz beaters we ever saw. Is is loses some of its significance if they lose in a national championship game and don't finish yeah. defeated. Yeah. See, I don't like that. I don't like that. I know it's, you don't. It's, but it's, it's it's reality, and I and I realize it's reality, but it's an unfortunate reality, don't you think? I don't know, Mike. Not really. I mean, the 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 big draw. Why everybody's is going to be paying attention to this? You see an undefeated team in any sport. An undefeated team with an opportunity to close out that season with one more victory, and then that puts you in a category where few people have ever gone, that's a big deal. And if you don't achieve that, then you go into that other category. Oh, they came so close, and they just missed it. Why, why do you think the, uh, the angry old men of the 1972 Miami Dolphins have that toast every year when a team loses in the NFL? Because it's special to be undefeated. And and if if you get close to being undefeated and you fall short, that's what people remember. And but here's the flip I side. I think that buzzer beater. Here's the flip side. <clears throat> Here I, we just talked about this in all seriousness. We talked about me. I'm six years old. I'm six years old, six years old when Indiana wins the national championship. I don't I don't even know if we had a TV when I was six. I don't know. I don't remember anything about it. But now here I am, 45 years later looking up the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers because it's special. So here's the good, the good news for you, Gonzaga. You complete the deal, you'll never be forgotten. 
Jalen Suggs will never be forgotten. Mark Few never forgotten. This team special. Nobody will ever have to wonder how do you pronounce Gonzaga again. I'm telling you, this. I don't think. I don't think they're. This is I big. don't think they're forgotten. Regardless, see what, I, what what's a, what, what's happened is Gonzaga long since turned in their glass slipper. Like they're not a Cinderella. They're a national power. Those Cinderella days are over for them. If this were an actual Cinderella, then regardless of what happens tonight, they'd be playing with house money, more or less. I'm uncomfortable with the idea of what what we saw Saturday night. And this is why I intentionally started this conversation the way that I did, because I wanted to just really speak to what a special moment and what a gift we received, what a gift we all received this Easter weekend in the form of, of, of such dramatic theater. And I think what happens, and, and, and you see examples of it all the time when we're talking about players' legacy, whether we're talking about the, the significance of games. It's like, and I'm not trying to get too deep here, but, I, but I'm just trying to express my, how I feel about the stakes tonight, is I think we just, we, we view sports through such a, 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 an absolute prism and perspective, where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't win at all. Ricky Bobby, you ain't first, you last, right? And I just, I, I don't think they'll be forgotten. Or I don't think their season is a, a failure. And maybe, look, maybe they would say otherwise. Maybe Mark Few and, and Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy, maybe they'd all be like, you know what? No, it is a failure. Like, it, does, it doesn't matter. Nothing we did for the previous 30-some-odd games matters because, you know, we we lost. Man, we lost when it mattered. Come on. We we came up come short on, again. Mike. Maybe that's how they're gonna look. Maybe that's how they're gonna look at it. I'm saying I don't like. I'm just saying, Michael. And maybe I'm just in a vulnerable state right now. So uh, you know, bear with me. I'm just saying I don't like that. If if they don't finish the job tonight against a number one seed in their own right in Baylor, one right up there with Gonzaga, one of the best teams in the country this year. If they don't finish it. And what we saw Saturday night is just like, is that, that's just a footnote? I mean, I asked the question knowing how I felt about it. It's just like, man, that just doesn't feel right. Well, it doesn't feel fair. I mean, like, because they, they did us a favor. It's, they did us a favor with that moment um, Saturday night. They did. Okay, so is it insignificant? No, it's not insignificant because we just talked about what a great game it is. A great game it was on Saturday. But that's not the, the number one thing for their season is at this point, the number one thing is going undefeated and obviously winning a national championship. That's one. And if they don't do that, everything else, you know, kind of feels like, yeah, that was cool. That was great. But we didn't finish it. Can you imagine? Just put yourself in a position. Uh, you're looking at it now. But can you imagine being 21 years old or 19 and you were one game away from a national championship and being undefeated and you don't get it? Yeah, I mean, that, oh, that's God, one of those no. things that that thing that, that can mess with you for a long time. Not to mess with your head for a long time. I hope they get it. I really do. Um, I, if I have to just be uh, just be clear, I am rooting for Gonzaga. Oh, I'm rooting for it too. Same. I want Gonzaga Same. to win. Nothing against could, Baylor. Honestly, for a couple I want it to be a great game. One, I want to, and I want Gonzaga to win. Right. I, I I want an undefeated national champion for the first time in my lifetime. Second time in yours. And not just that, I don't want to have the conversation 
or or people try to you know contextualize what we just saw Saturday night and only you know and, and, and diminish it because well they didn't really they didn't win the championship. I mean that list we put up of buzzer beaters they weren't all cha- in championship games. I mean that moment will live on forever regardless. I like to think a team that has given us this run and gave us one of the greatest games we've ever seen. Regardless of what happens tonight, I like to think that they wouldn't just be cast aside as an afterthought in, in college basketball um, history. Uh, as we wrap this up, I do want to go back to one other point, which I thought was, he made a lot of good points. I mean, it was pretty definitive, Jordan was, that Suggs was the best player and, and worthy of the number one pick. But just how much college basketball needed Saturday night, men's college basketball. Because what's interesting, the women's game, conversely, I wanted to say this too, you want to talk about crazy stats. One of the craziest stats is that Gino Ariema is 11-0 in national title games and 11-10 in the Final Four. Like, he's lost. The, the, the UConn Huskies have lost their last four semifinals game, final games. Um, they've, had, they've had four different conferences win the last four championships. And obviously last year they didn't have a tournament. And it's the longest streak of non-repeat champions since Stewie and UConn ran off those four straight. Um, it wasn't that long ago, but it also wasn't that long ago we were talking about UConn as, quote-unquote, bad for basketball, bad for women's basketball. When yeah, I never believed that. All it did, I never believed that for a second. Me neither, because all it did, and we're seeing the fruits of this, was elevate uh, yes. the rest of the sport. To not only keep yes. up, but to knock them off. And UConn's not going to be still a premier program. And for those, but they elevated those who weren't, who weren't ready. For those who weren't yeah. ready, they elevated them. And those who were there, they angered them. It was great. Yeah. It was good. So the women's game, despite what some antiquated administrators in the NCAA may want to believe, uh, the women's game may, has probably never been in a better place than it is right now in terms of talent, in terms of parity, in terms of profile. Uh, in terms of just the quality of the product. So I, bringing that back to what Jordan said earlier, and I'm talking, I think I'm asking this to the right person, somebody who, you know, isn't really a fan of college basketball, admittedly. Um, do you, how, much, how much does does the men's game, how much does uh, men's college basketball, uh, after Saturday night, how much does it need another classic? How much does it need uh, a memorable championship game tonight does it need it for the health of the game the way jordan uh seemed to indicate i don't think it can get it I, you know look a classic game won't change it i i do expect a classic game i want it i want it to be close I, i'd love give me three over give me a three overtime classic you know 117 to 115 give me another buzzer beater but here's the the, the difference between the men's game and the women's game is very simple one and done so we talk about college basketball you talk about Lorenzo Charles and some of those guys and Grant Hill and, and Christian Leitner in 92. You didn't have one and dones. And I'm not saying basketball was better, but it was easier to identify with a team because you knew their personnel at least for three years, sometimes four. So Christian Leitner was the most hated guy in college basketball. Why? Because you got to see him a lot. Duke was winning all the time. They had back-to-back national championships in, in 91 and 92. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know Duke. Uh, I, I know uh, Akeem Olajuwon. I know Five Slamma Jamma. I know these guys. 
now in, in the men's game, okay, Jalen Suggs, they have a great classic, then he's going to be in the NBA next year. And then there's another group coming in. I think it's hard to really have some, um, have some carryover yeah. with men's basketball. <laughs> I, I just, that, that's the way I look at it. We're in the women's game. Hey, I, I know who's coming back. I know, look, uh, Paige Becker's going to be at UConn next year. Kaitlyn yeah. Clark's going to be at Iowa and, next or year. Or maybe she shouldn't have to be at UConn. Yeah, I, yeah they will. And I, and I get what you're that's saying. That's a different argument. And that, right. And that is a tra- right. And, right. And that is a traditionalist way of looking at it. But I would say that I think what we saw Saturday was how beneficial. Most traditionalists, most purists feel like the one and done has been to the detriment of college basketball. I would argue it's been uh, beneficial of college basketball. It's only a detriment Why? if you view it in the extreme and say, if you say, hey, you should have to go for four years if you go to college. But if you I are, don't think that I don't if you are progressive, I don't, I don't think no, that. I know, I'm not saying Let you me just do. be clear. No, I'm not saying you do. But if you're progressive, I, pro- I know I know I'm not saying you think that I'm not saying you think that. But I think if you're progressive enough to realize that these young people should have the right to take their talents to the NBA out of high school or should not have to stay in college for four years in order to get and play for free in order to get to the NBA, then without one and done, I look at it the other way. Without one and done, we don't have any of Jalen Suggs on the college level. Think about the the number of great players who have blessed the college game with a year of their volunteer services on their way to the NBA when they didn't have to. And some guys are shooing that route altogether and just doing the G League or overseas. But, like, the fact that we had Jalen Suggs for a season and for a tournament and got what we got out of him last night, to me, is is great for college basketball as opposed to – no one and done just go straight to high school or worse, forcing them to stay four years, which is. But I think, but I think, I think those are two, two. But, but I think those are two separate arguments. Look, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for, you know, take whatever talent you have, take your talent and maximize it when you can. Uh, nobody is saying to some, some great kid, uh, some great saxophonist or a trumpeter at the Juilliard school of music or Berkeley college of music. Hey, you, you know, you need to stay before leaving school, you need to stay for two years or three years before you go. No, you're 19 years old, 18 years old, and you can do your, you can do your thing somewhere else uh, in the jazz world or hip hop world, whatever it is. You go ahead and do it. And the same thing should happen uh, in, in, college, in, in high from high school basketball players going to the pros. But it is easier, in my opinion, it's easier to identify with somebody who's in one place for three years as opposed to kind of like a revolving oh, yeah. door. No, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. By the way, that shot wasn't even the best thing that Jalen Suggs did. That that block, rebound, bounce pass sequence to Timmy for the dunk yeah. in regulation. That was wow. that was that blew my mind. The, and it wasn't, it wasn't even a foul. Fantastic. It wasn't even a foul. That was nope. a great block. Nope. Was that a charge though? Real quick. Was All that a charge? Right. Yes, that was a charge. He was feet set out of the restricted area. That was a charge. No question. How about the arm, um, I had a little bit too much movement for me. My son said that. My son said the same yeah. thing. So maybe I'm in the minority. This is on that. right. Um, all this right. Is we'll, right. We'll, we'll sneak in this break. We got a little uh, breaking news in the NFL uh, that, that shakes up a couple of teams' quarterback situations. Situations. Uh, we'll react to that. On the other side, um, governors out here acting a fool, throwing temper tantrums. Verses from last night. Still got a lot to cover.
Yo, man, this is a straight-up steal for Carolina. I think to get so, Sam Darnold. I, I couldn't agree more. For a 2021 sixth-round pick and wow. second and fourth-round picks in 2022. Love it. Wow. Like, that's, that's straight-up theft on the part of Carolina, which I guess goes to show you that there wasn't much of a market. I mean, a second-rounder is, is pretty good, even if it's next year's draft. But, I mean, he's going to be their presumptive starter. Um, yeah. And, and Ian, Ian Rappaport mentions that the Panthers have been strong suitors for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. We know that. But they pivot to Jets QB Sam Darnold, who now becomes their presumptive starter. Uh, Schefter said that the Jets and Panthers have been talking for weeks. Panthers' compensation kept creeping up and up and up to where it came today. And I also got a tweet from Diana Rossini saying that from her understanding, many inside the Jets building uh, who want and wanted to keep Sam Darnold on the roster as the starter. That doesn't matter now, obviously. Uh, I just saw Josh McCown the other day that said that Darnold would have welcomed quote-unquote competition with a quarterback taking second overall. Not that it would have been a competition anyway. Uh, and Rossini goes on to say that Joe Douglas, of course, has the opportunity to pick his QB and draft his own guy. So, uh, not a shocker. Not a shocker. Not a uh, shocker. You know, the, I'm just the, shocked the only shock how cheap he came. There we go. That, that, that's the shock, is that you got the worst thing, the, the most expensive thing you gave up was a second-round pick for Sam Donald. So a two, four, and a six for a guy who was the third pick in the draft just a few years ago. And this is an instructive trade. Because, I, you know, we do this every draft. Every draft. I do it. You probably do it, too. Get so excited about this new crop. Because it's new. And we love the draft. We're draft nerds. So you just want to get excited. Hey, these quarterbacks. Look at these quarterbacks. So you've got, you know, you got Zach Wilson, and you've got Trevor Lawrence, and you got Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Okay, go back, go back. Sam Jones was that? I mean, uh, Sam Darnold was that guy? Nice. Hey, now you're moving on. Like it's no big deal. Like it stinks. Are you trying to say you've been saying that all along? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, I I believe it was Friday when when we talked about this throw against San Francisco. I know it was one play. I know it was one play. And I know there's a million plays where you scratch your head with Sam Darnold. I get it. I get the turnover bug has, 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 you know, bothered him since he was at SC. And he's turned it over a lot in the NFL. But his talent is undeniable. And so is my logic. My logic is undeniable when I say that I thought that the best move for the Jets, clearly they disagreed, and obviously that's their prerogative and they get paid to do it. I thought the best move for the Jets was to keep the guy who's shown that talent in flashes, but has not yeah. been surrounded by the best supporting cast. But, that's not, but listen, right that ship has sailed. Great that ship has sailed. They've clearly said, hey, we're in the Zach Wilson business. Nobody's shocked by this. Wilson had been projected uh, to go to the Jets in literally every mock draft that you saw. Uh, now it's confirmed that it's going to be Lawrence. It's going to be Wilson. The question at three becomes, is it Fields? Is it Mac Jones? Because now that Carolina is out of the quarterback business, thinking that Teddy Bridgewater wasn't good enough for Teddy Bridgewater, I think it's a bad rap. Um, and going for a reclamation project, if you will, in Sam Darnold, Carolina at eight is now out of the quarterback business. Uh, I've seen reports that 
The Falcons are naturally entertaining the possibility of trading down. Who knows if they go quarterback or they take best available at four. So, you know, and then obviously the Bengals are in the market for a quarterback. Uh, the Dolphins are not in the market for a quarterback. The Lions uh, don't appear to be, don't appear to they, be yeah, in right. the market don't for a quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, so it could get interesting as we get closer to uh, the the ninth, tenth, eleventh uh, picks, and to see if there's some movement for whoever's well, left. you know what? Well, well, like, Mike, does, does a team like the Patriots do they? Uh, hey, listen, the Eagles are like, wait, we're not in the market for a quarterback. What if there's somebody at twelve that they can't pass up? Exactly. You know. And, what, and the Patriots at fifteen, somebody might fall in their laps. Michael, you, you you said you didn't see them trading up for somebody. We talked the about Broncos. the draft last week. And the Broncos too. They could. I mean, how, how committed are they to Drew Locke? I, I don't know. How committed should they be to Drew? Right, Locke? but it's see, a different conversation. I think, I think it's these spots. I think five quarterbacks are going. You don't know who who's going to take them. Right, we already got two off the board. So two quarterbacks are off the board. You got Lawrence gone. Lawrence won. Zach. I think, I think it's safe to go three. And, and three. I think it's so you have three off the board. 49ers and three. I don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones or Justin Fields or, or, or who else. I don't know. But it's going to be a quarterback. Yeah. So you got three off the board. And if the Falcons trade out, that they're probably trading out with somebody who's going to take That's a quarterback. That's probably a quarterback. Four. Yeah. Or, and, or they may stand and, and take a Kyle Pitts. And the Panthers could also, they could be committed to a guy who falls to them, a non-quarterback that's going to be a great player. Or some team says, hey, we still see our guy on the board. Carolina, you got your guy and Sam Darnold. We want number eight. We'll come in, do business with you. And then, theoretically, you might have so another five. Your five quarterbacks could be gone in the top eight, which is unreal. Five yeah. in the top eight. I mean, and, 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 that's, and that's conservative. That's actually conservative. It's actually conservative, I would say. Because it could be six or seven. I mean, who knows? Who knows the Dolphins decide to, to move out again and say, hey, you know what? He, there's a run, the run-on quarterback started at the top. You know, look at them. They're panicking. They're panicking. They're panicking. Look, uh, the draft, look. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's, it's yeah. like it, 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 anybody, so great. It, it could be, it, it's, a, it's a seller. These picks are a seller's market right now. It's like if you up there, you, your phone's probably going to be ringing off the hook at starting with Atlanta at four. Hell, even Cincinnati at five. Maybe Cincinnati says, you know what? You know, we'll go ahead and we love Jamar Chase. And, and, and Cincinnati is typically not a mover and a shaker and a draft. But they be like, yo, we love Jamar Chase. We love Penny Sewell. Let's drop down a couple of spots because somebody wants to get the last of the big five quarterbacks. So the, you know what I mean? It, it, who knows? You know? This is, uh, this is so, but so much I like fun. this trade for Carolina. I like this trade for Carolina a lot. I really do. Because I, I, I still think Sam Darnold, I think he'll be Ryan Tannehill. He'll be, he'll be the, the Panthers where Ryan Tannehill is to Tennessee. Somebody that... And Ryan Tannehill was better in Miami than people remember, but he obviously wasn't as great as he is in Tennessee. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of Sam Darnold. I don't think he's a bust. I think he was in a bad situation. And, man, Matt Rule in that offense with Christian McCaffrey and those receivers, who knows who they get at eight to support Sam Darnold now? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good situation. Man. I think it's a good situation for, for Sam Darnold. I really do. And I think it's going to be good this this whole draft before the draft because the draft has begun. It has. It's already started. It's supposed to start it kinda April has, 29th right? officially. It kind of has. It's already started. April, yeah. April 5th. Yeah. We're on the clock. Yeah. All right. 
San Francisco, yeah. you're on the clock right now. And, and they may say, no, we're not on the clock because we, we've already, we're off the clock. We already picked our guy. So Atlanta, <laughs> right. Atlanta, you're on the clock right now uh, with this draft. But you know what's so funny? The dra- somebody, right. the, dra- the draft starts at four. You're right. Somebody is just going to sit there. I can't wait until we figure it out a year from now, two years from now. Somebody's sitting there saying, thank God we don't need a quarterback because I got the best player in the draft. I would like to see, this is what I'd like to do. I would just like to take a poll of 15 teams. Now, okay, I'll, I'll make it even. I'll say 16. 16 teams, half the league, and say, give me your top, regardless of position, give me your top five prospects. And I wonder if I could come to a consensus. Like who the best player is in the draft. I'm not sure Trevor Lawrence is the best player in the draft. Uh, he's the best quarterback, theoretically. But somebody's going to get the best player in the draft, and they might wind up getting them at 10 or 7. It's amazing. That's and, how it works. That's how it works. It, you know what's that, funny? But more so, more so lately, I think we're guilty of, I think analysis has gone too far. It's over. It's overanalyzing prospects. Quarterbacks and, in particular? And just kind of drilling, just drilling this statement. It's like you hear an obvious statement so much that you start to do things that aren't smart. Yes, I agree. Mike, <laughs> Mike Smith, I agree here on April 5th that quarterback is the most, position, most important position in football and in sports. I agree. But I'm not about to invent one. I'm not, to, I'm not about to be uh, Eddie Murphy's daughter and imagine that and just kind of like draw a quarterback up and have it come to life. This is, this is hilarious to me for a couple of reasons. One, so literally on Friday, I was talking about this. And I was like, everybody gets excited about the shiny new toys because the Buzz Lightyear years, if you will, because all you've seen them is ball out in college. When we just saw with, Carson, with the Carson Wentz trade that nobody drafted in the first round is with their original team since 2016 at the quarterback position. Any quarterback drafted since 2016 in the first round, not with their original team. So as much as we think these guys are all talk about these guys like they're sure things, history tells us that they're anything but, right? So that's what I was saying about Sam Darnold with the Jets. It's like I get the fascination with Zach Wilson, but it's like Darnold, you're not going to tell me Zach Wilson is that much, that much more talented than Sam Darnold. Clearly, the Jets disagree, or maybe it's just a matter of, hey, we want our own guy. We didn't draft this guy. We want our own guy. We're going to start fresh. Okay, that's fine, too. Whatever floats your boat. What I'm laughing about, though, is just the other day, Michael, a friend of mine on Twitter, uh, and I, I, every now and then I'll check Twitter, every now and then I try to steer clear of it as much as I can, but somebody said, why are you so sure that Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields? And I responded, I'm not. Michael Holly told me he is. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I was like, I don't know. I was like, the, 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 I was like, I just I sit next to him every day. I mean, I just I just you know, it's just it's drilled into my head. It's just drilled into my head at this point. Um and so and then so and so another exchange I had was about Cincinnati. You were talking about best player in the draft. 
The thing that we always got to remember, too, is that the draft, we focus on one round. The draft is more than one round. And so Cincinnati, for example, is not like, oh, you have to make a choice between Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell. You have to make a philosophical choice. I saw this little cute drawing going around, drawing going around on, on social media, where it's like Joe Burrow on his back with anybody in front of him, a stick man or anybody in front of him, and Jamar Chase just standing there in the distance. And then there's another one comparison, like Joe Burrow standing upright with Penny Sewell in front of him and anybody at wide receiver, if you could, if you could visualize what I'm saying. I'm like, it's not right, you right. Don't have to choose one or the other because the draft is more than one round. You could pick Jamar Chase in the first round and build the offensive line in the second round and beyond. Or it stands to reason, you could pick Penny Sewell in the first round and if you think that build the, the wide receiver court. position is, in fact, deeper, and pick receivers later. It's no, you, know, you can't go wrong with just your first pick, but people look at just the first round and want to grade a draft. The dumbest thing going is draft grades after round one. And they actually do that. Like, or draft grades, grades after the first round. It's like, how can you – you can't dra- grade a draft till five years out or a, a few right. years out. At but least, you, at least you can't do it before you've seen yeah. the full picture of the draft. You know, so um, – but that is, listen, Sam Darnold, fresh start, good spot. Jets, a new day. I'm sure Jets fans everywhere are super excited. They got clarity. If nothing else, we got some clarity. In, in, That's with, it. With you know who it is. Situation, so. Or do you feel yeah. like, do you yeah. feel like it's, um, do you feel like you know which guy San Francisco is going to take at three? We know they're going to take a quarterback. Obviously, they already told us that because they had a conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you think you know it's Mac Jones? Who they want a first round pick for? (laughs) Sidebar: Who they want a who they claim to be want a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Come on, man! Sorry, it just made me laugh. Uh, No, it is funny. I I don't. I don't. Of course, I don't know who the 49ers would take. If I were the 49ers, I would take Justin Fields. They seem to be enamored with Mac Jones. Um, but that's just me. Maybe maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe maybe they're. Senate, but uh, there's no reason to smoke screen anything when you're third and you already know who's going one and two for the most part. Or yeah, you already got a it. Shocker at two. Yeah, so there's no reason to smoke screen anything. They seem to be zeroed in on Mac Jones. Um, so somebody's going to get a steal in Justin Fields. Either the Falcons will have an heir apparent to Matt Ryan, somebody will go up to four and get him. I'm still rooting for him to end up with the Patriots. Um, you want to take another break and, uh, and switch gears after this? Yeah, we can, we can do that. And I, I, I'll say... Hey, the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have the capital to do it. It's do they do they love one of those guys? They love one of those because if Mac yeah. Jones is gone, let's say Jones is gone. Now you got Fields and Lance on the board out of the Big Five. Do the Patriots love one of those guys enough to go up to number four to get him? Now that would be fun. AFC East might turn into the best division of football. In the middle of a pandemic, Major League Baseball put the wishes of Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden ahead of the economic well-being of hard-working Georgians who were counting on the All-Star game for a paycheck. Georgians and all Americans should know what this decision means. It means cancel culture and partisan activists are coming for your business. They're coming for your game or event in your hometown. And they're coming to cancel everything from sports to how you make a living. 
and they will stop at nothing to silence all of us. And Brian Kemp is coming for re-election in 2022. That dude, he really fixed his mouth to say in the middle of a pandemic, as if he's taking this pandemic seriously in Georgia. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, not surprisingly, the Braves were tone deaf in their release in the aftermath of Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game in the draft. This was neither our decision nor our recommendation. We are saddened that fans will not be able to see this event in our city. Blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, business employee, businesses, employees, and fans in Georgia are the victims of this decision. We will continue to support the community legacy projects which we're planned and are in the process. Meanwhile, uh, in Texas, which is also trying to crack down on people exercising their right to vote, specifically black people, um, yeah. Greg Abbott decided that, oh, I'm not going to throw out the first pitch. I'm going to continue this temper tantrum, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to make a statement of my own. I was looking forward to throwing out the first pitch at the Texas Rangers home opening game until Major League Baseball adopted what has turned out to be a false narrative about Georgia's election law reforms. Hey, man, where about your own backyard? Why are you, why are you in Georgia business? Oh, I know why you're in Georgia business. Because basically, with people like Brian Kemp and Greg Abbott, and in this case, Abbott in particular, not throwing out the first pitch is, is some kind of a boycott on his part. But the games go on, mind you, with a full state stadium. The game goes on. Um, it's Michael. It's almost like Greg Abbott is like you know Dr. King's famous quote: uh, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." Like Greg Abbott's like social justice activism anywhere is a threat to voter suppression everywhere. So let me dip my nose into Georgia's business by. You know, getting on the the good side of the GOP as a whole and sitting out the first pitch like that's actually going to do any damage. Oh, and by the way, we don't want the All Star Game. We're not gonna. We're, we don't want, like it's just it's all of the same Donald Trump playbook. Well, you're not invited to the White House. We wasn't coming anyway. Uh, we're, we're not coming. Dude, we're not right. going to host the All Star hey. Game. Okay, we got. We'll t- we'll send it somewhere else. Fine. Like you ain't hurting nobody. <laughs> you know what? Crazy, I accepted. Man. Mike, I, I accepted a while ago. I, I, I would say probably, uh, it probably wasn't 2016, honestly. It probably was 2017 or 2018. I accepted, okay, there are people who will support the Republican Party now, as we know it. Uh, it's, a, it's a free country. Do whatever you want to do. We don't all view things the same. We don't all think the same. We don't all, we don't all have the same experiences. I accepted that. I accepted it. I really, I t- it really took a mature, I would say, a mature approach to it. But one thing I promised myself with that approach, if you are somebody who's going to support Donald Trump, this is the other, this is a part of the deal I made with myself. If you're somebody who's going to support Donald Trump, I refuse to be lectured by you <laughs> on anything right. involving the truth. Right. You right. support a liar, a liar, 30,573, according to the Washington Post in four years, 30,573 lies in four years. That's about 20 lies a day. Don't These you dare are built fix on the your back mouth. of his biggest lie. Don't fix your mouth. To talk about false narratives when you supported this dude who lies all the time. So look, hey, maybe 
Maybe you can defend. Maybe you can defend. I'd like to hear you try. Maybe you can defend this repressive law that you have signed, that you, that, like this re- repressive proposal that you signed into law. And George, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But don't sit there wagging your finger at people, all oh, false narratives and disinformation. This is the party. Right. The GOP is the party of conspiracy and disinformation. Don't you dare sit there and try to tell anybody but, about but you the know truth. But Michael, you have no credibility. But Michael, no, but that's none. But that's not even what it's about. But you know that it, a you're one hundred percent right. But that's why I started like I started. His re-election campaign is well underway. Now he's found his villain. Like all he did was subscribe to typical Republican talking points of cancel culture, and we're not afraid of the left. And he's got his boogeyman or boogie woman, as the case may be, in Stacey Abrams. It's like we're not we're not going to. But we're not afraid of Stacey Abrams. It's like, this is all, that, was a, that was a campaign rally. They're coming for right. you next. Cancel. I mean, come on, man. Like, we see what this is. And what, 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 what's so, what's so, what irks me so much is this sense of entitlement, this air of entitlement that Republicans have. Let's, let's actually, let's start, with the, let's start with the basics here, okay? There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball, right, Michael? 30 markets, or give or take. I mean, obviously, there are a couple in, in the same market, but... You know, 20-some-odd markets um, that host a team or, play, or home to a team that participate in America's pastime. Um, there was only one that was going to host an exhibition and reap the benefits to the tune of about $100 million, as has been estimated, uh, with the All-Star game. So this idea that the economy of Georgia or the people of Georgia are somehow being punished, and I even fell for it at the beginning, but punished or suffering because Major League Baseball decided to pull an exhibition out of Atlanta is BS. They didn't pull the Braves out altogether. They didn't cancel Major League Baseball in Atlanta. They pulled out an exhibition, which you ain't entitled to. If you're telling me that your economy was counting on $100 million, that's like me saying, I'm counting on my Christmas bonus to pay my mortgage. That was there were 29 out of the teams that weren't hosting the All-Star game. Right. So join the club. You, you ain't, you, you're not entitled to us going about business as usual as you try to dismantle democracy. You want us to just sit back and keep giving you our money and just, and just accept it. And you get to still reap the benefits of America's pastime yeah. as you try to dismantle small d democracy. No, it doesn't work that okay. way. Doesn't work and, and that here's way. The other thing. So don't so don't go here's blaming don't go blaming other people because Michael they love they love talking to us about oh that's just a victim mentality. Sounds like a lot of victim mentality going on right here. Don't blame don't blame Major League Baseball for pulling out. Blame Brian Kip and his cohorts. Blame this big lie. Blame yeah. them for this law that has consequences. Just like elections have consequences, this law had consequences. Deal with it. You made the bed sleep. And at some point, at some point, Mike. Uh, Brian Kemp and other Republicans in Georgia have to admit that they were lying somewhere. So they're either lying now or they were lying during not only the national election in November, but the runoff in January. You either lied in November and January or you're lying right now. But somewhere, something doesn't make sense. Because in November, after several recounts in Georgia, with incredible turnout, by the way, Incredible turnout in, in the state. So record turnout. That, so let me, let me just get this straight here, Mike. I think that was record turnout for Democrats. And I think it was record turnout for Republicans. 
a lot of people voted in Georgia in November and in January. So when they did it in November and the president, who can't tell the truth, went back to Brian Kemp and called him. This your boy, Brian. Your boy calls you. You've got a you're, you're attending a funeral and, and your boy is calling you about, about his election. He's not calling to offer condolences. He's calling to say, hey, hook me up with some votes. That's your guy. You got you to gotta pay attention who you hang out with. Right. Anyway, after two or three recounts in Georgia, everybody in Georgia said, oh, no, we're all good. Hey, no, no, there's no fraud. No, it's not true about the voting, about Dominion. No, no, all that stuff. No, it's not true. We did everything we were supposed to do. We got hardworking people here. Remember the passionate press conference? From the Georgia yes. State House, hey, yes. Mr. President, you've got to stop. Somebody's yes. gonna get killed. Somebody's you've gonna get hurt. Stop. Gonna get killed. So wait a sure minute. Sure enough, yeah. So I didn't hear anything about elections then. I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything about voting then. But now you've got to you've got to redo a voting system where uh, in a year after a year where you had record turnout. So who's not getting to vote? Don't forget who's being suppressed. Don't forget Trump. Don't forget Trump campaigning in Georgia at the expense of, uh, of, the, of the Republican Senate candidates. When he was peddling conspiracy theories in, don't trust the election. Like, he, one could say that Trump and this big lie cost him Republican votes because right. of, 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 the, of, the, of the, 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 the seed of, of distrust that he, that he uh, planted in the system. Michael, and the fact that Greg Abbott is jumping into this again, oh, boo-hoo, you don't get to bounce a pitch to home plate tonight, okay? <laughs> like, the fact that he's jumping into this tells you all you need right. to know, tells you all you need to know, because if, if your house is in order, you got no reason to wade into those waters, but now this is a national fight because they're all trying to get back on the good side of the 70-plus million voters who voted for Trump and the millions of people who still think the election was stolen because they're all on the same team. Different states, but they're all on the same team. And for him to jump in this tells you all you need to know about what this is really about. This isn't, this isn't about the particulars of Georgia election law. This is about a, a, a culture war that is nationwide. This ain't about Georgia. This ain't about Texas. How do you defend? This is about this election and this culture war that it spawned. Did you hear him, did you hear him over the weekend? Talking, comparing, making the comparison Kim? between George, George's policy, Kim, George's policies with New York. Hey, this is, yeah, we're, we're very yes. comparable. New York and Delaware. Other states. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look. One thing. Why, why, why would this year be different? Why would, why would absentee voting and voting by mail, why would this year be different? Let me just try to think. What happened? Anything happened this year? What happened this year? <laughs> Nothing big. Georgia Why just turned blue. Di- of other course. than that, see, other like, than that, I, you know, <laughs> when I'm not invested, I, I, I told you this before, before the election, when I'm not, and when I'm not invested in politics, which probably will be never, I could actually tell them, mm-hmm. I could tell Republicans how to do better in elections. I could. <laughs> I got the answer. Oh, you don't want to give it away, huh? I got the answer. I don't want to give it away. I mean, there's really some common sense things you could do. But I, I just, I, I'll just give you this one for free. Uh, when you're in an election and, and, and there's a pandemic going on, you probably shouldn't insist to your people that they should not vote by mail. 
Right. <laughs> Let me say it again. Right. It's probably, probably not smart. When it's a pandemic, and some people are, even though they may pretend like they're not concerned about it, people are, are, are deathly, deathly afraid of a pandemic that can take your life. You probably should not insist that voting by mail is a liberal thing and that going there in person, uh, that's the true American thing. That's what, you know, true conservatives do. And you also shouldn't, say- in a runoff election, say that voting <laughs> doesn't matter. So you, you, are, you, are you suggesting, Michael, that Donald Trump unintentionally suppressed the Republican vote? Hmm. Intentionally. Well, no, that, 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 couldn't, that, couldn't, that couldn't possibly that couldn't possibly be the case. But listen, you, I, they are stand up comedians in their spare time. They spend a lot of time laughing over the last couple of days. I mean, it used to be stick to sports. You see Mitch McConnell was like my message to, to, to corporate America would be to, to, to stick to business and stay out of politics. I'm like, I mean, come on, man. Like, like, I mean, like what, is this, right. what does that even compute? You know, how does that even compute? But what this is, man, is this just hit differently? Because this is one thing for LeBron James and Adam Silver and the Black Lives Matter NBA. They've come to expect that, all right? They don't like it, but they used to NFL players kneeling. Oh, wait, they stopped doing that eventually. America's pastime. America's pastime stepping up to the plate was a heck of a curveball. And they like, oh, hey. wait a second here. This, this is, this is, this is. And again, I, I will say this. I will repeat this same refrain as long as it takes. When you traffic in voter suppression, a free and fair election feels like fraud to you. It didn't go the way yeah. they wanted. This is their temper tantrum. This is their temper tantrum. And I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, this is hilarious to me. It's funny. Give me. Give me a defense for for no uh, like this is not the major thing because there are many other ones. But give me a defense for no water, no food and water in a line that you've created. A defense? There is none. There is. What's none. it? What's the defense for it? So yeah. I, it's it's insult. You want to talk about insulting? It's insulting to say that this is all about making elections more accessible to more people. If you're trying to make them more accessible to more people. What does that have to do? What, is there something? Is there some something that's going to going to alter your vote? So food in the line is going to mean what? How is that unfair? Is there some food that makes you change your vote, or who's, can make other? Is most, there some well, Jedi who's mind trick? Affa- who's most affected by that? Who's most affected by that? Clearly, or fewer fewer ballot boxes in the most densely populated populated areas, which tend to lean Democratic. They like, come on, man! Like, if you want to be slick, be slicker than a six-year-old. You know, but yeah, you know I'm what telling you, that- you tried to be. You you thought it was going to be business as usual, and these corporations, now Major League Baseball, telling you you got another thing coming. And the Braves. But wait, what, what burns me, right. man? Listen, <laughs> we're you, we're you united. Vote any way you want. We, we, Georgia's a uniter. When you get yeah, boycotted. vote any way you want to vote. Vote any way you want to vote. But when you align with the liar, you can't tell people about honesty and truth. You can't. You align with them. You slap with them. This is this is your guy now. You stay up for the whole verses? No. No. Oh, come on. No, you, you know why? No, you know, no. This is this was 
it started to hurt after a while. It started to hurt me because I was like, I put it in my feet. It's like trying to pick between your kids. And I would never do that. I know you would never do oh, that. Oh, you were trying to keep score? You were trying to keep score? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped. That wasn't necessary. I stopped. That's, I want to enjoy. I. There's no winner. There is no winner. We won. We won. That that those that viewer number it was over four hundred thousand at various points. It had to be low. Like that was as much fun as I've had online in a long time. That was a gift. It was a treat. And mind you, these cats they can't even really sing anymore, but they still have presence. No, I mean they can't. Right. I mean, and it's, it's no, no disrespect, but, but not like they used to. I mean, they're they're older, right. but they still have presence and just the vibe, the mood, especially the halftime adjustment they made was like, yo, Steve. Enough of your stories about the girls you tried to link up with back. Enough of your back in my day stuff. Everybody got those stories related to the Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Osley Brothers. Let them do their thing. And once it was hit after hit, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my Best verses ever, hands down. Thank God for the Osleys and Earth, Wind, and Fire. That was. And you can't call it. Can't call it. No. You shouldn't call it. it. You shouldn't. I shouldn't try to call it. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Beautiful. 